0: It's TechBiter Worldwide with Bill Flynn. The latest on programs and policies, helpful hints, and a bit of occasional nonsense. All in more or less plain English. Podcast number 841 for the 21st of July, 2023. This week, when pointing your browser at a website, the browser needs to find the site's IP address. So it calls on a domain name service server. Using a better DNS server can improve the browser's response time, but only by a little bit. There are other reasons to use DNS not from your internet service provider, though. In short circuits, Adobe's Firefly, or generative fill function, even in beta, has shown itself to be surprisingly good at some tasks. It can also be used to create an oil painting effect on a photograph. After working with Beeper, a universal chat application, I'm ready to talk about its advantages and, because it is still a beta app, some of the areas that need refinement. And 20 years ago, only on the website, in 2003, hardware and software for video editing were still expensive, but the future was clear. When you told your browser to connect to TechBiter.com, the browser first examined a hosts file on the computer, probably found no information about TechBiter.com, and then sent a request to your internet service provider's name server. That's how it figured out how to get to TechBiter.com. Windows, Linux, and Mac OS computers all have a hosts file. There are good reasons to use this file, but navigating to the techbiter.com website isn't one of them. And that's the last you'll hear about hosts in this report, because your ISP's name server service is probably not what you should be using. And that's what we'll be talking about. Name server is kind of a friendly name for Domain Name Service, or DNS. That's the process that converts names people can remember, such as TechBiter.com, to an Internet protocol address that identifies the site. In TechBiter.com's case, that's 67.222.41.89. So it's safe to assume that most people will find it easier to remember TechBiter.com than 67.222.41.89. When the destination address has been identified, procedures that operate the Internet can identify the route between your computer and TechBiter.com. On the 4th of July, 2023, around 6.40 in the morning, the route from my computer to the TechBiter.com website involved nine intermediate steps starting at 10.5.0.1 and passing through a bunch of other servers. You can see the entire list if you'd like on the TechBiter Worldwide website. The route can change at any time depending on internet traffic and hardware availability. If one of the listed servers had been offline, the internet would have chosen a different route. The first action is finding the destination IP address and your internet service provider's name servers where the browser will obtain that information unless you tell it to use another service. And I think you should, because few ISPs provide exceptional DNS. I had used Google's name servers for several years, but recently found a utility written by Steve Gibson that provides the information needed to make an intelligent choice based on your location. Besides your ISP's DNS, there are dozens of other services. There's Google that I mentioned, OpenDNS, which I had used previously, Cloudflare, and a lot more. The responsiveness of the Internet depends on a lot of factors. One of the first is obtaining the IP address of the destination. Identifying the fastest DNS server for your location is what Gibson's DNS benchmark is all about. Gibson is a programmer and security expert best known for his Spinrite disk utility, which he sells, and his many other free utilities such as DNS benchmark and leak test. The fastest DNS service for you might differ from what's fastest for me because we're at different locations, probably use different ISPs. The speed differences you'll find among DNS providers are minimal, measured in milliseconds, but reliability also needs to be considered, and that's where the ISP-provided DNS often comes up a little short. DNS Benchmark analyzes the performance and reliability of up to 200 DNS name servers. In addition to being tested for speed, each is tested for its redirection behavior, and that means whether it returns an error for a bad domain request or redirects your browser to a commercial marketing-oriented page. You'll need about an hour to run the test and modify settings, but virtually all of the work is done by DNS Benchmark. All you need to do is avoid heavy internet traffic, such as streaming video and large file transfers, during the test. There are two places where you can specify the IP address of your preferred name servers, and this is one place where you do have to use an IP address, not a name. One location is the network setting on the computer. In Windows 11, search settings for Manage Network Adapter Settings. The other is in the Router Settings. Windows has options for primary and secondary name servers, and routers have at least two options, but some do provide more. The machine-specific settings are tried first, followed by the settings in the router. And if there are no settings listed anywhere, it falls back to your ISP. My primary computer shows two adapters, that's because a VPN is present. One is used when the VPN is active, and the other when the VPN is inactive. You can navigate to a panel where you can edit the DNS settings. The options are automatic, meaning use whatever settings are in the router, or the ISP default DNS, and manual, which allows you to specify DNS IP addresses. It may seem there's a lot of technobabble here, and that's right, there is. You can ignore most of it though, just run the test, read the recommendations, and proceed. So, let's run the test here. You might want to start by checking the network adapter settings the computer currently is using, and also examine the router. If you haven't made any changes, the computer's DNS option will be automatic, and there will be no entries in the router's DNS settings. Previously, I had specified Open DNS in the router, and at the start of this test, I was using Google's DNS, which is 8.8.8.8 and 8.8.4.4, primary and secondary. You can save a bit of time before running the test by having DNS Benchmark create a custom list that is based on your location, or run the test first and then create the list. But if you do that, you'll have to run the test again. You do need to create that list only once, it'll take about half an hour. If you don't see the option to do that, select the Name Server tab, click the Add and Remove button, and then click Build Custom Name Server List. See a screenshot example on the TechByter Worldwide website. After building your custom list, run the test and then open the Conclusions tab. Scroll down and pay particular attention to any sections shown in red. The results you'll see on the TechBiter Worldwide website show that I have the best name servers for my location, but they are in the wrong order. During the test, real-time information is displayed. The visual coding is complex, and if you'd like to know what it's showing, visit the Gibson Research website. There's a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. At the most basic, a green dot shows that the server is running and not doing anything dodgy. Orange markers show that the name server is responding, but will show an advertising page if you request a domain name with a typo. Red means the name server does not respond. And you'll see several bar graphs with other information. The red bar shows cached domain lookup times. Most name servers do cache common domain names for prompt responses. By default, the benchmark sorts name server performances by the cached value. The green bar shows uncached domain lookup times. If the name server doesn't have an IP address in its cache, the response will take longer. The value here represents the time required to obtain an answer not in its cache. And the blue bar, which Gibson refers to as purple, shows the time required to fetch an IP address from a .com name server. The cached value will always be fastest, but uncached and .com values shouldn't be excessive. After running the tests, I returned to the router's control panel and to manage network adapter settings in Windows settings to make modifications. After making the changes, I ran the test again to confirm that DNS entries were in the right order. In Windows settings, I named Nord's DNS addresses as primary and secondary. In the Router's control panel, I set Cloudflare's servers as primary and secondary. As a result, the Nord primary DNS will be tried first, followed by Nord's secondary server. If those are unreachable, then Cloudflare's primary and secondary servers are tried. Making those changes will improve your internet browsing, but just slightly. Don't expect massive improvements. Download DNS Benchmark from Steve Gibson's website. Start making your web browsing just a little bit faster. And a note here, DNS Benchmark does not have to be installed, but it will create a file in the directory where you run it. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, In short circuits, despite legal questions, limited resolution, and various other shortcomings, Adobe's generative fill is nothing short of astonishing. It's not going to replace graphic designers and photographers, but clearly it has the ability to accelerate certain workflows. I described an experiment with generative fill, which Adobe calls Firefly, at the end of June, and I mentioned that I might make some additional changes to the image I showed at that time. I wrote, and I quote here, The thumbnail of the person holding the cone is damaged. That could be fixed. The rectangular box at the left of the cone is distracting, and so is the yellow child carrier between the cone and the bike with the person in blue. You'll see the corrected version on the TechBiter Worldwide website this week. And if you'd like to see the previous final version, check out the 30th of June program. There's a link from this week's program. And here's what I changed. The thumbnail is fixed. I did that manually with the clone tool. The yellow child carrier is gone. I let Firefly do that, and there's still an unneeded shadow that I really don't find objectionable. That could have been removed if I wanted to. I removed the rectangular box at the left of the cone using Firefly and the clone tool. And Firefly was able to remove the extra wheeled thing on the road without any assistance from me. But Generative Fill can also give a photograph the appearance of an oil painting. I started with a photo of Chloe Cat sitting on the bed watching kitty TV on a tablet computer. Typical cat activity. With the background layer selected, I activated the Quick Mask tool and pressed Alt Backspace. I could have also chosen Edit Mask from the menu. The image needed a color mask with a 30% gray color. That displayed a mask on top of the image, so I turned the visibility off. Then I used the Generative Fill dialog box to request oil painting and later I tried pontilism painting. You'll see four of the nine resulting images this week on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Four other images were unsuccessful because they warped the cat or removed an ear, but the four you'll see on the TechBiter Worldwide website worked well. Currently, Firefly is available only in the beta version of Photoshop, but the beta is public, and anybody who has a subscription to a Creative Cloud plan that includes Photoshop can download the beta version and install it alongside the production version. I mentioned the chat application Beeper about a month ago, shortly after joining the beta program. Well, now it's time for another look. Besides making iMessage available on Android and Windows devices, Beeper is a universal messaging app that lets users chat with anyone on chat networks such as WhatsApp, Telegram, Messenger, Signal, and more. Although a paid version will eventually be offered, it is currently free, and the developer says there will always be a free version. Beeper's left panel changes depending on which chat service you're using, and there is one section dedicated to messages from Beeper's support team. The specialized Beeper tab has an updates chat where updates are announced every few days, a help chat that holds all of the messages between the user and the support group, and a third called Notes to Self. The support team is both proactive in announcing updates, system problems, and resolutions, as well as prompt in responding to messages from users. And by prompt, I mean responses are provided in minutes, not hours, or days. Or, as with most chat services, never. Notes to Self is surprisingly helpful. It's not uncommon for me to encounter something that I'd like to follow up on or pursue when I'm using a mobile device. Until Beeper arrived, I've sent a link to myself using Messenger. It's much neater and easier to be able to do that by simply dropping an encrypted note in this section. But there are a few annoyances. Probably the most significant is Beeper's current inability to show previews of links. Beeper shows just a clickable link where Messenger would display a clickable preview. The preview provides enough information that I can decide whether to follow the link, and I'm hopeful that Beeper will eventually add that feature. If you use more than one messaging service, and possibly even if you use just one, Beeper looks like it will be an app you'll want. It supports WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, iMessage, Android SMS, Telegram, Signal, its own internal messaging system, Slack, Google Chat, Instagram, IRC, Matrix, Discord, and LinkedIn. All Beeper chat messages are end-to-end encrypted, and when a network already encrypts messages, Beeper re-encrypts them. To get started, visit the Beeper website. You'll find a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Beeper could be the future of chat. In 2003, the future of video editing was the desktop computer. Remember those days with 20 years ago on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn. There's more on the website, techbiter.com. And if you have a question or a comment, use the contact link you'll find there. Stop by again next week for another session.